0: Welcome
1: back, everybody, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I am Lisa Linky. I am one half of your journey people on the vast expanse of self-help. My other half journey person, Misty Stinnett, is not here today. But lest ye be sad, I have provided an excellent guest host, whom I will introduce in a minute. Tiny pocket friends, longtime loyal listeners, and soon to be longtime loyal listeners. If you're just joining us for the first time, today is a full frontal Friday episode, which means we are going to read and review a self help book and tell you in under an hour the tips, the tricks, the ups, the downs, the yays, the boos, the ins, the outs, everything that you would need to know the main points in the book, and if it's a good fit for you to support the author and spend your time, energy, and money on a purchase. You're welcome. And otherwise, you know, maybe it's a hot flaming pile of garbage, which we often find. And then we have done this in service of you to save you and spare you from wasting your time, energy, and money in supporting of that author. And it's really just about being of service. Also, you are going to sound so smart at any Zoom conference call or cocktail party because when somebody says something, you'll be like, actually, according to this book by this author, this, which everybody loves. Just people tell you they don't like that, but everybody secretly loves it. And, you know, this is an explicit podcast, so we will cuss. But you knew that clicking on it because there's that little E. I think that, oh, and, and then on, on Tuesday, we have our follow up episodes, which we lovingly call our weekly beef or weekly beeves in plural. And that's where we explore anything and everything that isn't a book in the realm of self help. Maybe it's trivia, maybe it's how do you say an article, or maybe a thought provoking question, which I lovingly call a je provoke. But in any rate, if you want to jump on with the merch train, the links are in show notes. get yourself some hoodies or mugs or stickers or da, 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 da. and please think about joining our Patreon community where we have benefits benefit levels for all budgets and there are great great things that you can see and learn and hear and join in on the community uh, on patreon. Woo that was a lot. <sighs> Here we go. Are you ready for your dose of self help today? I can't wait to introduce you to my guest host, ladies and gentlemen. This person is a longtime dear friend of mine from my coven. Longtime listeners know that I have been going through deep grief. I cannot actually ingest self-help right now. And when I reached out for help, these people stepped right up and said yes. And this was one of the very first two. And I'm so excited, ladies and gentlemen, and people of all genders, please welcome to the show, Deanna Muffet. (laughs) I am
0: so impressed with that very inclusive intro as well. I have been caught in the ladies and gentlemen trap for far too many times. Trying to yeah. switch it up to friends, which doesn't always work in the corporate world.
1: Yeah, gotta. Yeah, hello, friends. I'm here to help you on the <laughs> seminar before you all get axed. It doesn't always care. <laughs> yeah, I'm really kicking into the y'all.
0: How y'all doing? Which I've been how called y'all out on. We? Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I love it. Well, l- let me tell you all. Let me tell y'all yeah, a Good. little bit nice about nice Deanna. Heart. Deanna is. I've no, oh gosh, well, we'll talk about how we know each other. Deanna Moffitt is a coach, consultant, and instructor in the JRNI Life Coach Training Program. That's Journey. Mm-hmm. Journey. Journey. Thank yeah. you. I, well, you know, I'm too literal. <laughs> Her superpower is helping people turn what if into why not. I can totally attest to this. Deanna elevates their experience life, experiences in life and leadership through the power of conversations, questions, and decisions. She has helped folks at companies including Google, American Express, DocuSign, Microsoft, Viacom, Marriott, as well as hundreds of individual clients outside of the corporate world. And she's just a really fucking cool person. Now, she's also hilarious and an amazing storyteller. Deanna, we met in Chicago doing improv many years ago. (laughs) Many. Many. We are. (laughs) Many years ago. And... We had always been friends, but then we became closer when you moved out into, moved out here to LA. So Deanna and I actually live like maybe a mile from each other.
0: Yeah. And true form here, your friend Lisa saved my heart and soul because when I first moved out here, I went through a kind of implosion of my life where a partner of 14 years decided they, they moved out here with me, but after just a short stint, realized they were actually in love with someone else. And wanted God. to move back to Chicago. And I was left here in LA by myself. And our friend Lisa picked up my puddled mess on the floor and was the first to take me to a donut shop.
1: <laughs> I said, I'm taking you to Kettle Glazed Donuts, which yes. is the best donuts in Los Angeles. I walked you in. I just said to the man behind the counter, she's gonna point at what she wants and you're gonna put it in a box. Yeah, that's and so he true. Said, okay. <laughs> And then I turned to you and I said, what do you want? And you were like, I don't know. (laughs) And I said, I'm on it. Give me one of these, one of these, one of these, one of these, one of these. Oh, (laughs) I still think about that. I want to murder that idiot. Not the guy behind the counter. He was wonderful. Deanna, you are an incredible friend to me, to many people. I will also just briefly tell a, a story. Deanna really kind of started me on my journey of self-compassion because I was good at giving compassion to other people, but she really kind of pointed out that I was not great at giving compassion to myself and not in a, not in a mean way, but really helped me out with that. In that, I remember once I was like, I just don't feel like going to class tonight. And I was really beating myself up about it. And she did the old, well, If it was me asking you if I didn't want to go to class, like, what would you say? And I was like, I would say, it's okay to take a night off, and you have to take care of your body, and it's fine. And then Deanna pulled this straight-up Jedi mind trick on me. And she said, okay, now I want you to say it to yourself. I want you to start by saying your first name out loud and then going into it. And I went, Deanna! (laughs) And I started balling, yeah. truly balling. Cause the idea of genuinely giving myself that compassion was so overwhelming. Yeah. It and is it for really, a lot of people. Was... Yeah. I just read a thing too. I'll send you an article about how I think it's, whether it was like OCD or something is the opposite of that. And they, they found it was a study that found that people who have a little perfectionist, it was perfectionism tend to have difficulty finding compassion for themselves. So they really like found that link. It was cool. Yeah, I can totally imagine that. Anyway, that's Deanna. She's amazing. Cause that could be the end of the podcast right <laughs> there, but it <laughs> will be. This is so fun. Deanna, what are you bringing us today?
0: Well, interestingly enough, I had in my mind a totally different book. And in between the time of saying yes to this and then recording, I picked up a different book. And I started reading it and I was like, oh, wait, this book is so great. And it's called Rejection Proof. And I think it came out in 2015 or 16. It's by, his name is Ye Jing, Chinese-born gentleman who came here during a school exchange program. And even that story is amazing. He comes here. Apparently, the group that does the vetting for the families didn't do quite such a great job. He ends up in some backwoods area in Louisiana. The people that are keeping him, they didn't let him know that their son had been convicted of murder a year before, and he was sleeping in his bed. And they ended up stealing all of his money. Okay, okay. So this is I, high school. Okay. He's like 16 years old, and he's he's thinking, "Oh, I guess this is America." Which, to be truthful, ain't so wrong. It is. It's right. He's um, agent, and <laughs> this
1: is what's happening. Okay. So before we go further, if you can summarize the book in one sentence, tell Mm. me, what would it be?
0: The fear of rejection is a biological response Mm -hmm. that can be
1: overrided.
0: If you (laughs) (laughs) know.
1: That's going to be the theme. Let me do some quick book prices here. It's 228 pages. Uh, The hardcover on bookshop.org is available for $23.00. Right now, as we are recording this, the Kindle version is available for $4.99. And the audiobook on Libro or Libro FM, we still don't know, is $17.96, read by Mike Chamberlain, and that's about six and a half hours long. And always, as always, if it's available in your library system, you can get it on the OverDrive app for free. Now, Dee, Yes, yes. Okay, it, you know I am more of a practical pat, and you cross the spectrum between Practical Pat and Wendy Woo Woo. So how does this, where does this book fall?
0: I feel like it is a great mix of, you know, how much we love stories. It's not a great yes. mix of Wendy Woo. It's a great mix of storytelling and Practical Patty,
1: I would okay, say. great. I love it. Yeah. And what did you think when you first picked it up? Like what, what drew you to pick it up? And, or was it given to you? We love to know the etymology here.
0: Yeah. I actually, I, I don't exactly remember where I it was really just within this last week, I must have been reading something and I was reminded of his viral video and thought, oh, because this is an area that even as a coach and running my own business that I need work on, I have real fears and issues around receiving rejection, which is again, a very human biological response. Yes. And I just wanted to look into what his experience was. And this, is, this book is based on his 100 day of rejection therapy experience.
1: Okay. And so you mentioned his TED Talk, but I I want to hear his bio, because tell me about who, and I want to say it right, Jia Jing. Am I saying that right?
0: That's my interpretation as well. I can't be 100%. I'm about 85% on
1: that, but yes. Yeah. It could be a hard J, but I doubt it. I don't think it's a hard J. Okay.
0: So, you know, he's a guy who grew up in communist China, born to be, you know, in an authoritarian environment, built to be a good worker, but he had dreams even at the youngest age. He started reading autobiographies of, you know, some of our greatest entrepreneurs, Bill Gates. He wanted to become the next Bill Gates. He wanted to grow up and buy Microsoft. That's his lifelong vision. And his family is, you know, supportive. They're not sure how, but his his family is a lineup of teachers. So he gets involved in an exchange program and he comes out to Louisiana, as I just shared, and I help him. You know, finishes school and then manages to get into...
1: Doesn't get murdered. Does not
0: get murdered, though. You because know, all of let's money be real. <laughs> yeah. We're <laughs> close. Um, he's got a, he went to Brigham Young University and got a bachelor's degree. And then went to Duke and got the business school and got his MBA there.
1: Oh, Duke-Huqua. Okay. Yeah. Duke-Huqua. All We're right. familiar with that. Yes, aren't we? We are familiar. All right. Yeah. Okay. And so before his TED Talk, which was pretty viral... Like what was his realm of business, or what was he doing? Well,
0: he's got a great story, which he holds in the book. Uh, he goes through Duke. He's he has a moment in high school or in college. He has a moment where he actually thinks up of an idea of remembering what it was like to roller skate, and he thought, wouldn't it be great to put wheels in your shoes? So he puts a whole diagram together and puts a plan together and shows it to his very successful. Attorney uncle who lives in San Diego, who he respects immensely, and his uncle takes one look at it and says, "That's a terrible idea. What are you doing? You're getting an MBA. Go off and get to school." And he's like, "Oh," and he's devastated, and he puts it in the drawer. Two years later, he leaves is born with the exact yeah, same idea. I was going to say, isn't that? Oh, but no, we know okay. big magic, right? We know ideas That's come right. to us.
1: Right? That's right. She's referring to Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic, which was the second book we covered on this podcast, and she really believes that ideas exist outside of ourselves and they will go to somebody who will make it come to fruition.
0: Apparently that idea needed to be born with wheels it on was shoes. like people want wheels <laughs> on shoes. Yes, no one who doesn't have kids wants those, but yeah. Anyway, so, you know, he he's kind of devastated by that and he falls in line even though he has this entrepreneurial dream of creating this business. He falls in line with the expectations okay. of the world. He goes to school. They train him basically to be a good leader and, you know, know how to do all the spreadsheets, and all the strategic thinking. And he gets a job in an, a company where he's making really good money. Yeah. And he's got a house. He's got a wife by this time. And he's miserable. And his wife, I, and I love this because I think part of this book is actually a love letter to his wife, Tracy, because his wife, this is on a 4th of July, and his wife looks at him and sees how miserable he is, and she says, I want you to quit your job, and I want you to take six months to really start a business and go after it with everything you've got. And if after the six months you haven't made it, then we can readjust, but if you have, I, I want you to fulfill your dream. And by the way, she's eight months pregnant at the time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so... So he has this idea originally to create an app to help people keep their promises. So he felt like this is something that was, people weren't really great at. They, he kind of had a feeling they needed to get better. So he gets a team together of app developers and people who board a team. And I think he had like seven people on his team. And after four months of development, he has an opportunity to talk to an investor. And they work on a pitch for like a week and they get it perfectly honed and they have the meeting and it goes great. And he's so excited because he's pretty sure it's going to happen. And then he is at a family function at a restaurant and he gets the text. It, it failed.
1: He didn't oh, get the, no, he didn't get the investment.
0: Oh, no. And so he's devastated. He's broken. You know, he got rejected and he tells his wife, okay, it didn't work. I'm going to give it up. And she, being this, you know, love letter to the wife, she says, I gave you six months. I didn't give you four You've got two more months. Let's get to work. (laughs) Meanwhile, right now, she has like a
1: three-month-old. Yeah,
0: right? (laughs) 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 Exactly, exactly. So you're like, he's like, you know, I think sometimes it takes just one person to believe in us when we can't get it on our own. And I think, you know, that's one of the things I love about being a coach. Sometimes, you know, people have these incredible dreams and goals and they just need one person to say, I see your greatness. You can do this. You can do this. Yeah. yeah. And then that that was the start. And what he took from that rejection was the fact that it devastated him and he knew he was going to have to have more conversations right. and he knew right. he needed to get better at rejection.
1: Okay. And that's what started the journey. Okay, I love this. All right, well, tell me, how do you want to tell us about the book? Are there sections? Are there chapters? You just want to give main points?
0: Well, uh, let's see. There is. I think there's 13 chapters. I'd love to just go through. You know, talk kind of talk through, yeah, main points of it. And if you have any questions yeah. about it, that sounds great. So, you know, I just told you basically the notes of the first chapter and and what he experienced. And so then he goes into uh, the next chapter is the idea of fighting rejection. And this is, he's coming up and he's found online a, a company that does rejection therapy with a card game. And he looks at it and it, it's kind of too basic for him, actually. He
1: says you like- You draw a card and it's like, you're dumb. You draw another, it's stupid. <laughs> you draw another one. I don't <laughs> yeah. like you.
0: It was more of, oh- you know, friend someone you don't know on Facebook. And he's like, right, right. Or, you know. Low stakes. Very low, low stakes. stakes. And so he says to himself, I want to do that. Like, for whatever reason, I'm t- attached, to, attached to this idea, but I need to up, up the stakes for myself. And so that's that's where he starts. And that's where, and he decided to kind of go with his instincts. He, he didn't plan out his hundred days. He kind of just okay. figured out in the moment, if he had an idea and it scared him, he was going to move in it which I love. Okay.
1: Okay. I'm here for it.
0: First experiment. He works in a big office downtown and he's coming to the security guard because he's still working at his job. He hasn't given this up yet. And his idea is he's going to ask the security guard if he can borrow $100. Now, this guy is Asian descent, Chinese, right? English, second language, but very, you know, he's educated, but super shy, introverted, and this idea makes him have the hot sweats. You know, you know that yeah. feeling of like
1: his pits start just sweating. <laughs> it stinks, and he just goes cold in the face, hot in the pits.
0: Yes, as I have. I mean, do you get that feeling? I get that feeling around being rejected a lot.
1: I am I, by by way of my profession. I am used to rejection in a professional setting and in like a normal, obviously, interpersonally or in in relationships that that feeling is familiar to me for sure
0: yeah I think mine often show up in you know even though I had been an improviser and actor I don't think I really dove into the auditioning as much certainly not as much as you so I didn't get that muscle flexed and so I can really feel this when asking for help or asking for people to come to events you know that I'm creating and stuff like that it's like so the first ask he goes up and so what he does is he turns on his camera to video record. The idea is he wants to create a blog of this. Okay, okay. Turns on the camera to record. And he's, afterwards, he says, I look like that painting. What's that? Eternal the Scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he just goes up to him and goes, you know, can I, can I borrow $100? And the, you know, the security guard is no. Why? And all he hears is the no. And he says, okay, thank you. And just literally runs out the door. Like there's nothing. Yeah, Yeah. And upon further investigation, what he does is so great is he reflects and he looks at the video and he says, oh my God, I was sweating. I was so nervous. My voice was shaky. One, you know, what the heck did this guy think about me? And he asked me a question afterwards. He asked me why.
1: And he didn't even hear it. I didn't
0: even hear it. Yeah. So he decides to play in the game. He wants to. So the first lesson he learns is to stay in the game. And so I think his, I think the, the second one, I don't think Chris, I think Chris, Krispy Kreme is the third one. I think the second one is he goes into five guys and he sees that you can get free drink ref, drink refills. And so he stays and he asks, can I get a burger refill? Now he's shooting for no's. He just wants no's. And the guy behind the counter is like, no. <laughs> he goes, but you do it for drinks. He, no. But this time, he realized that if he has a little fun with it, it's easier Easy. to do. Yeah, so he stays in the moment and he hears
1: and has a little fun. He makes it a game. Stay in the game. Got it. Like make it a game rather than this life or death. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. He
0: does a he does a good job throughout the book as the chapters move on, bringing in research. And so there was okay. there's obviously research around how laughter lowers our pain threshold, so we're yeah. able to experience pain. And the idea that social rejection, as I'm sure you know with all the books that you've read, is very much a painful experience and wired into it. It is.
1: Yeah, it's the same physical, it's the same receptors in the brain as physical pain.
0: Yes, yes. So
1: So we can, it it hurts when we say it hurts. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And we take it very personally. We tell the story that this is personal to us. Right. And we don't take into consideration so many other factors, which he, which right, he right, gets right. into his book, which is really great. So it's his third one that really takes him viral. And that's okay. the one where he goes into, he's driving home and he just gets this instinct. He sees a Krispy Kreme that he's passed a hundred times and he goes in and he asks the person at the counter, hey, can you make me a, a shape of the Olympic rings out of donuts? just fully expecting to get a no. All he really wants is a no because that's having it. And the woman behind the counter, Jackie Braun goes, huh, well, I see. And he starts sweating. He's like, oh God, I just wanted the no. Is that what I wanted? Uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to get the thing that I asked for. <laughs> which, I mean, many times he talks about when he gets a yes, that there is another layer of fear that comes in, which is, yeah. I think oftentimes that fear of success that feels
1: so weird. Yeah, well, we don't think about what happens beyond that. Right. Right. I was like, and so like- then when we get it, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> now I have to do this thing that I asked for. Or like, yeah. now I got the job. What do I do? Or, yeah. Yeah. So he was
0: fully expecting you to get a no. But this woman from Krispy Kreme says, I don't know. Let me think. And she goes to work. What would it look like? And how should I design the colors? And he's like, oh my God, I think she's going to do this. Like, this is his first foray into just asking for what he thinks is impossible. And what yeah. he recognizes is that oh, there's another realm out there. I thought for sure I was going to get a no, but yeah. instead I got this woman who thought, "Why not?"
1: Yeah, well, and as an improviser, and I'm hearing that that question, "Why not?" For you in your life coaching business, like as an improviser, you and I know as improvisers, I should say, we are not one half of one improviser. <laughs> we have been. as improvisers, have <laughs> you and I have been kind of trained to see the value in collaboration and that you and I walking into a scene can have no idea what the scene is going to look like, but it will be better together than anything you and I could have imagined on our own. And so he was kind of experiencing that in the moment of like, well, here's this thing that I thought was impossible, but she said, maybe it is possible. And then he was like, oh, shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's totally it. That is totally, he hadn't yet prepared for the idea of yeses in this journey of nose. But this is the first
1: of many, many surprises that he gets. Oh, I love it. From asking for the question. I think his muse as he was driving home was like, hot now, baby. (laughs) Pull into that (laughs) Krispy Kreme.
0: Well, so he, you know, he posts this video and, you know, part of the video is just him talking to the camera like, I can't believe this is happening. I just said, you know, like, and he posts this video on his blog and it gets picked up by Reddit. And it goes on the front page of Reddit for two days straight. It gets, you know, at the time it was upvoted, you know, thousands of times. I thought an interesting thing he also shared was that after the video went viral, Krispy Kreme's stock price leapt from $7.23 to $9.32. Now he can't attribute that to the video for sure. They were like they are employing some very <laughs> creative thinkers. Yeah, there. but the you know the interesting thing is by Jackie Braun saying yes to this, of course she goes. I mean, people are just flocking to that crispy because and isn't that interesting? I think you and I have a sense of this, but there is a magic of just saying yes
1: right there is especially when there's nothing really behind it right, right. like he really didn't want to yeah. put anybody on the spot yeah he was doing it to showcase himself she didn't do it to get famous she was truly just in that in the space of being open and who knows if it could have been a very rude customer right before him might have not hit her in the right way
0: that's exactly right lisa that's part of this book is the idea of people say yes or no to you for I for reasons you you may never know, and that is yeah. exactly right. And as you were talking about that, I that idea of the the magic of just being willing to ask the question, right, without an attachment yeah. to the end of it. Yeah, I think, I think that we that. can
1: sense that we're we're animals, and we can sense when somebody is asking that mm-hmm. there's really something behind it. Yeah. versus just kind of tossing something out there.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about what happens when we don't provide the why? Like she said yes to this without any real reason why, but there's different things that happen that he discovers, but but by telling the why, it feels really more powerful. Okay, okay. All right, so listen, his life blows up. You know, at this point, his video goes viral. He's being contacted by every media firm
1: known to man. Every donut company is like, come into our place. Yes,
0: exactly. His hero, Jeff Probst, because he was a big Survivor fan, apparently had a talk show at the time. I don't remember this.
1: I do remember this.
0: So he gets asked to come on and he's thrilled. Jackie Braun is also invited in. And of course, on the show, he asks another big rejection idea. He asked Jeff Probst to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star to his baby son who's at home. And Jeff Probst says, of course. Not only does he do it, he gets the whole audience to do it. And again, it's just like what would happen if I just asked the question, right? Yeah, yeah. So then he's he's recognizing he's in this place. And so he contacts his entrepreneurial hero at the time, which is Tony Shea. And he was the guy who Zappos, who started Zappos. Right, right. So, and he just emails him at cold, just wondering if, and of course, here's the deal. Tony Shay had heard of him and has his assistance say, yes, I'd love to meet you. And by the way, would you like to come down and talk at the downtown Las Vegas? He's building up Las Vegas. And so can you come down and do a talk at, at this organization? And you know, now at this point, he is literally
1: so He has in. to say yes.
0: Oh, he has to say yes, absolutely. And he's, you know, people are tapping him. They want to have him coach him on rejection. He, you know, they want to, someone wrote a movie about his life and he's like, I'm in this literally six days and people are already, he gives a great analogy of, it's as if I've, I want to climb Mount Everest and people think I've already climbed the top and are ready to helicopter me off when I've just set up the base camp. I don't know anything at this point, but because we as humans love a good story and this is a good story. We're already we've already decided. To, we've for already him, decided. Yeah.
1: He's like, yo, I just shopped on Patagonia.com. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really haven't <laughs> even gotten to base camp.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's totally right. <laughs> I just
1: looked about flights to Nepal. I really don't even know if I want to do it.
0: <laughs> I don't even know.
1: <laughs> but Hollywood's ready to go. We got to get the started. Hollywood's ready,
0: baby. Yeah. So so he does the talk. He gets a standing ovation. And Tony Shea then invites him to join his organization. And now he's like, what? And he ultimately decides not to, because this is his journey. He, his, he's, he realizes. I think he's so smart. He realizes, I don't know anything yet about rejection. There's still so much for me to learn. I want to continue on this.
1: So the power, the power of no, right? Like sometimes you have to say no to say yes to other things. I love it.
0: Yeah. So he goes on because one of the things that he really realizes is because people are having such a deep reaction to this experience. And yes. And he, now he is getting literally thousands of emails and letters to him within just two weeks, right, of him doing oh this. Oh, God. Amazing. But he realizes this isn't just him. You know what? You know how we can tell ourselves stories like I'm the only one Yeah. Person,
1: that
0: this is a human condition?
1: It's resonating with lots of people. Yeah. Is this when he decides he wants to, like, make it into a thing, like a 100-day experiment? or
0: Well, he had already had that idea, but it was just for him. It was just because right. he wanted to get better. I mean, is
1: this when he's like, oh, I can do this for many people? It
0: does. It does elevate. Okay. He re- He's smart enough to recognize that this is a moment, right? That yes, this is yes. something. And he's inviting now conversation to come in. And while he doesn't quite know what he wants to do, he does actually shut down the Promises, and focuses on, you know, the Promise app that he was working on, which he said it was yeah. really hard to kind of talk to his team, but his team totally got what was happening yeah. for him. And he decides to focus just on this. And, okay. and yeah, in, in two weeks' time, his life is completely flipped upside down, right?
1: Amazing.
0: So one of the things is that he recognizes that there isn't a lot of research. He So now he's really interested in diving into the research of rejection. And he recognizes that people don't actually like to talk about it. We talk about failure, though. And in fact, in a lot of entrepreneurial circles, failure is even celebrated, right? We was like, failure is okay because somehow failure can be attributed to not us personally. We can
1: say, it's the market. We internalize rejection. There was something wrong with me Mm -hmm. versus my business plan wasn't strong enough or someone else had a better idea.
0: Yes, yes. So... So that seemed fascinating to him that we're looking at rejection quite differently. And yet it it is the thing that we need to talk about because this is the thing that is actually hurting many of us from not going after our dreams, not really creating the life we want to, not having the conversations we want to, not having the relationships we want to, because we're afraid that we'll be ostracized. We're afraid of the rejection, right? I love it. Yeah. So he goes on uh, to talk about, I love this statement. I'll just read the statement. He says, if we believe we deserve the rejection, we blame ourselves and get flooded with feelings of shame and ineptitude.
1: Well, he's not wrong.
0: Right? (laughs) But if we believe the rejection is unjust or undeserved, we blame the other person and get consumed by feelings of anger and revenge.
1: You know, what that makes me feel and think about is when incels take violent action against women.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, our present day experience. I mean, we're, we're talking yeah. just a couple of days after the murders of Asian women. of
1: In Atlanta, yeah. And that is, so it's, I mean, it is critical that we at a young age start to learn how to not only tolerate rejection, but not internalize it.
0: Well, interesting, so he, he, Found some research where they looked at, they had two groups who experienced, they set up and they experienced rejection. One was given the opportunity to uh, enact revenge and the other group was not. Then what they did was an interview afterwards and how do you feel now that you've had this experience of being rejected and being able to have revenge? Universally, the group that was able to exact revenge actually felt worse. Sure. Than the group. And... The group that wasn't able to exact revenge thought that they would feel better, but they actually ended up feeling better.
1: The grass is green. I know, right? right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's that idea of like we think if we can exact this revenge, we know we've been wrong, we've been slighted, and we you know we want to go slash their tires, key their car, with all that stuff. That's just holding on, you know, and that those negative feelings are just going to continue to course through our bodies. So how do we deal with it? So the question then is. We have this um, desire. How do we actually? Yeah. Do
1: how do we deal with it? I love it. Yeah.
0: So he gets a wild idea that he wants to become. So he's got lots of little additional things in here. Like he wants to, he hears from many of his readers or people who are looking at his blog and they're struggling with getting a job. So he okay. decides, what, what can I go in to a company with my resume and just ask for a job for a day? I mean, talk about sweaty.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm also, listen, coming from like an HR perspective, I'm like, God, the paperwork for that is just annoying. <laughs> Truly annoying and not worth, not worth it. Well,
0: again, he does it. And he only. it's it's interesting because he seems to always give himself limits. Like, I know I'm only going to do this for five times. I only know I'm going to do this. So he goes into his first two companies and immediately was like rejected get out of here. In fact, this person at the second company was like, berated him to be such an idiot to come in with his, you know, his resume and thinking get a job. And so he's like, oh, and the God. whole time he's like,
1: yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, reject me, reject me because
0: this is a game, baby. <laughs> and then he goes into his third company and the person behind the desk becomes curious and says, oh, well, tell me about that. What do you want? And, you know, the good thing, what he's done, what he does in all of these ex- experiences is he comes in prepared. Yeah. So he's dressed the part. He's got a resume with, you know, an MBA from Duqua or Duqua, Fuqua.
1: Well, <laughs> I like du- the poor that you've is. just made. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so and he's not looking for the CEO. He's just coming in and said, I'd love to be an assistant for you for the day. Office manager. Yeah. And he's
1: willing to actually follow through if they say yes. yes.
0: Yeah. Right. So she becomes curious and and he does. He gets, he gets a job for the day. And then he puts another one out there and he's working for the day. And they, I have a feeling they must have known who he was at this point. Because they say, sure. would you be willing to put my face on your website for a day, on your front page of your website? And they're like, okay. <laughs> one of my favorites is when he is flying Southwest and he can feel he can feel this need to do another experiment. And he asks the flight attendant if he can give the safety announcement.
1: I this I remember yeah. from like yeah yeah and they say no and you can't do it of course that's against FAA rules
0: and but you can do the welcome one yeah and he he's he's ready he's totally ready for the no he wants the no but the moment they say yes he's like oh god you know because now oh god, I, <laughs> I have to talk in front of people on a plane <laughs> what am I gonna say 130 people and what exactly what am I gonna say and he I think he's really it sounds like he's really good about just staying in the moment and. Truly, from his heart, he just says, "Hey, I'm just a fan of Southwest. I just want to want all of us to take a moment with gratitude for uh, you know their flight schedules and how many, how often, blah, blah blah, all these kind of things. Can we give a round of applause to the flight attendants and the crew? And of course, you know, when you're living in that kind of energy, there's yeah. nothing bad that's going to happen, and the and the
1: well, bad things could happen, but the flight attendant. Also, you're not going to say anything mean at the beginning of the flight, right? Because then you're not going to get a single package of pretzels or a single soda <laughs> from that flight crew. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think, you know, one of them was also, he went into Pet Smart and asked for a haircut. <laughs> Which they said, no, he but- He fun with it. Yeah, that's exactly right. He started to have fun with it. And all of that to note that he started just rethinking what rejection was and thinking of, you know, people reject us for any number of reasons. And most often it's their own reasons. And he starts then becoming really curious about it, like, he starts asking, why? Why did you uh, And often he found it was for something that was, oh, not even related to me. Yeah. I thought that was really uh, interesting. One of his experiments was he wanted to test, because he, he didn't know if, he thought there would be a universal, something that everyone would say no to. And what would that thing be? Right. Can
1: I poop in your hand? Right. But you would be surprised.
0: There is going to be someone. And that's the thing. There is going to be someone at some point who says, yeah, yeah, you can do that. So his thing was he wanted to give out apples outside of Target. And he thought, no, one's going to take, are you going to take an, listen, are you, you and I, are we
1: going to take an apple from someone no, we don't know? Because we were raised in a time where people put razor blades apples. <laughs> that's exactly Halloween. Right. <laughs> Although I think it's a, I think that's an urban myth. Right. And I think, I think that people were just spreading that so that people would only give out candy instead of fruit.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's exactly, and a professor actually helped with him, helped him with this. And the professor was the one who came up, this is a universal, no, people aren't going to do this. And I think it was the fourth or fifth person said, okay. And as she walked away, she bit the apple and he's like, I don't, (laughs) and it was that moment that he realized you can, it's. It's the number of people and it's targeting the right people. Like what was Ah. her reason? Well, he goes, I'll never know. She was starving. Yeah, (laughs) right, exactly. But you'll never know if you don't ask. And he did another one where he just stood on the corner of Austin Austin Street, a busy corner with $5 bills and just said, would you like a $5 bill? Would you like a $5 bill? And he didn't go want to go broke on on this. I think he only asked like five people. Three people said, no, absolutely not. And two people
1: said, I'm always going to take a $5 bill.
0: <laughs> One person said, oh, I guess I could. Everyone wanted to know why. And the, you know, the other lady said, I, okay, yeah, I can, like, it was two women, but the guy, the dude said no to it. And then he did an experiment, with, which was another great learning lesson. Because he thought, you know, if I'm giving my why, that whole Dale Carnegie approach where you're supposed to know, get to know someone really well and negotiate from their shoes.
1: And understand to be fair, he does just say to use their name a lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is that right? I haven't read the book.
1: <laughs> oh, it is. As another author described it, the canon, and I always say the word wrong, Canonical? Did I say it right? Canonical. Canonical turd, how to win friends and influence
0: people. Whoa! <laughs> I have never heard that term. Canonical?
1: Canonical. Yeah, but I always say canonical. Canon, uh what does that you mean? can listen to our or, review on it. Yeah, it's pretty I'll do funny. It. I'll do it. Dale Carnegie's a real piece, uh, so <laughs> real piece of work. Well he basically changed his name to Carnegie and uh, and lied about almost everything. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh that's yeah. that's Yeah. It's it gets deep. It gets the dirty side of self help. The oh. the underside. The there underside, we go. Yes.
0: The taint side.
1: The taint side, but knowing someone before you negotiate, really trying to to yeah. to yeah, know from their their perspective.
0: So he goes into a hairdressing shop and he's going to try this. The only problem is he doesn't actually know this person, and he just makes some assumptions. And the conversation goes really well. What he wants to do is give her a haircut, and so he approaches her, and she's just kind of laughing at first, and said, "You know, oh my gosh, why would you, why do you want to give me a haircut?" And he assumes, oh, because you, you do this every day, you're probably bored, you probably want to have something different to do with your life and Ooh. and have a different experience. Yeah, exactly. And she just turns on him and says, How do you, what do you mean you think I'm bored? I'm very good at my job. I love what I do. She has a client in the chair at the time. And, yeah. and she just completely turns on him and he starts, you know, backpedaling, apologizing, realizing, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't request when I don't know them from their perspective. The strongest mm. point I can do is from mine. I can't assume. Like that, that's something. That I can, like
1: that. Yeah. Also, to say to somebody who's a hairstylist, let me cut your hair. Bitch, that's my walking billboard. <laughs> if you give me a terrible haircut, I mean, unless we're in the riddle where there's only two, you know, barbers mm-hmm. in the whole town, like. Uh, nobody would come to—oh, boy, yeah. He, he, well, he learned. This was his well, whole he goal. He learned.
0: But also, how he approached her initially was kind of from a fun, playful experience. And he actually felt there might have been room for negotiation there. You know, <laughs> can I cut just one little strand of hair? Can I also, cut one hair? <laughs> yeah, because he also <laughs> learned the art of not retreating. Or what did it call—I'll find out what the word is. But in warfare, you either fall apart Advance
1: or re- Trade. No, there was oh. a retreat,
0: or route, or retreat. What is it?
1: Oh. There's one
0: where you just drop your w-
1: drop your weapons. You and either run. shit your pants. Yes, you either and shit your fall pants. apart <laughs> or retreat. <laughs>
0: or you retreat, and then you you kind of come up with your new game plan, and you go back in, right? Ah. Uh-huh, so he uh-huh. could feel that, like oh, she wasn't going to let her. Let him cut her whole hair, but what if just one little strand or one little thing you know just yeah you know, yeah might yeah, have yeah. been open to that until he made some assumptions about her and that wasn't gonna work. Anyway, he keeps going and there's so many great things in here. I think one of the things that I loved about this is learning how learning how to say no. Mm. He realized from the many ways that people said no to him, Mm. What was the most effective? Can you imagine? At least I know you had know this. What do you What do you think is the most effective way to say no?
1: Just to say no, yeah, and stop.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, just be able to say no right up front. And if you feel like you need to give a reason, and you don't have to, but if you feel like do it afterwards,
1: don't. Yeah, set yourself. Don't up. start with the reasoning because then it sounds like you're backpedaling and you're soft. You know, I'm I'm giving you the soft explanation. Yeah. Just, just say no. It's okay to say no.
0: Yeah. And you know, there's often a reason totally unrelated to the person who's giving it. And so sometimes if we're able to say no or when we say no, and then we're able to say, and here's why, Mm -hmm. it it can allow that person to not take it as personally.
1: That it's Yeah. I think that I will also say, I think that culture and I think gendered culture plays a big part into this you know women are especially here are a bit around the world traditionally are taught to be pleasing to acquiesce to make other people comfortable around them and you know we talk about this in some other books but often our very survival depends on how comfortable we can make other people and so it is uncomfortable for us to just say no full stop and not provide an explanation or to say no up front. We need to explain why it's not okay for us and then softly say, so I, I really, I, I probably just can't. But that's not as effective that he's finding out. And so that it's relearning that we have to do. We have to do a lot of de-learning and relearning.
0: Yeah, and it really goes, you know, I feel like it's totally appropriate to say no with no explanation to someone who's not in my life and I don't have any relationship right. with him, I don't care. But if it's someone... Who I think might actually be pained by my no or interpreted in some way. I want to be able to say no. And here's why this isn't related to you. My my calendar's yeah. full. Da 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 da. Deanna, can
1: I cut your hair?
0: Actually, I, girl, I need it. I need like four inches <laughs> off. Get, <look laughs> oh, here. no, no, I to cut Get your kitchen shears. Let's go. <laughs> I am so ready for a haircut.
1: Well, I know there's probably a bunch I want to move towards wrapping up. So is there anything else you definitely want to hit on before I ask you some questions?
0: I think one of the favorite things that he does is his final 100 days. And he, his, all of his fans are now writing into him about what he should do. He should write Obama. He should, you know, interview Oprah. He should interview Obama. And he makes it really personal back to that love story for his wife because he asks his wife, what would you really love? And she says, "I really want to work at Google," and so he makes it his mission to help her get a job at Google, and so helps he her asking deal for his wife to get a job. Mm-hmm. He helps her deal with the rejection. So sh- they set up a strategy and a game plan, and she goes, you know, through one interview, not- hears nothing. Goes through a second interview, gets a no. Goes through a third, no. She's got a headhunter within Google helping her out the fourth interview, she gets a no and she's just devastated at this point. And he's devastated for her. He said, this is actually one of the hardest times that he went through because he really wanted it for her. And the headhunter who's working with her just appreciates her willingness to hear no repeatedly and how well she's taking it. That when he goes back to the fourth team that had turned her down and they still hadn't hired, he says, can you please rethink Tracy? And they're like, yeah, we can't think of anything reason why we didn't hire her. Let's hire her. So she gets hired.
1: I love I know, it. I know, it's so great. Isn't it great? Okay, no, wait. It's, and that's a beautiful arc to the story. So in these hundred days, are they sequential or are they just hundred instances? He doesn't really say.
0: I imagine that they, I don't think they're sequential. I don't think there's, you know, day two and then day three. I think there right, might be so it's days just like, in between
1: rejection 1, rejection 2, rejection 3.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. He could do that. Okay. He does say day 1, day 2, day 3, so I'm not really sure if they're sequential. I think that's a good good investigation, but at least from the book I don't I don't remember that being clear. All right. But at the end and I think if people are interested, he's got a whole rejection toolbox of things ah. that he learned and and I can send that that can be in the show notes for you, but all of that is just so great in how we as humans can just learn to receive no a little bit better and and recognize that no often lands in the world of yeses and that if we become curious and stay open and have fun with it that we can often get the answer that we want.
1: Deanna, thank you. What a lovely tour through Rejection Proof, How I Beat Fear and Became Invincible Through 100 Days of Rejection by Jia Zhang. And... Gosh, you know, we can't cover everything, obviously. So if you're interested, please do check out the author's website and the book. All of these things are in show notes. But Deanna, I have some questions. Yeah. Did this book need to be written?
0: I think it did. Okay. I think it did. I think, at least it did for me. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I feel it If it was just for you, (laughs) let's do it. Well, it also seems like there isn't, like he mentioned, there isn't a lot in the space of specifically rejection versus failure.
0: Yeah, I did find it interesting that he he does show a website that he posted where he was originally going to write all this. Now, this book is a little bit older. That website is no longer down, but the website with the same name, with just a hyphen in between the two words, is up with an interesting looking woman.
1: (laughs) He lost the domain. I
0: don't think he lost it. I think someone probably took that domain, morphed it to their benefit, knowing that someone was going to find it. Yeah.
1: Got it. Well, did you try, I know you just picked it up this week, but did you find anything that you, in the book that you actually tried to put in practice and how did it affect you?
0: Yes, I did. I I did because this is an area that I recognize I'm not great at. I can help everybody else in the world. You know, many coaches are like that, but to help myself makes me feel hot and sweaty. And I'm not great at asking people for help. I've got a real rejection uh, story in my own head. And so I have a talk that I'm doing next Thursday, and I wanted to reach out to uh, some people who have a really big, massive social media following that might promote it for me. And so I did that yesterday. Haven't heard back from them, and I don't care. I'm not tied to the result. I just did it. You asked. I, I just asked. I love that. Yeah. Good job.
1: Thank you. Good job. Do you feel the author missed anything? Hmm. You know, it's
0: interesting. I'm When I'm reading a book, I'm I have I'm in a book club right now that is so great because it's women from lots of different areas of their life. And they're so good about picking apart a book or finding like, I think they really miss this. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really good.
1: <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're really good at finding stuff that is useful for you. You're very misty in that sense, which I think is great. Yeah.
0: I, so I, I don't necessarily think that there's anything that missing. I mean, the, the introduction of the science felt like it came a little bit later for me. I do love a good science research book. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how well the science is. It's in the book. It was felt like believable to me. But other than that, it's, it's really a storytelling book about his experience.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, you know, he is not a, white male American citizen author, which already adds some intersectionality to it. I do wonder how safe certain people in our country (laughs) or certain people would feel, you know, how safe they would feel engaging in some of these similar things.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, to be fair, you know, a lot of this happened in Austin. So Austin is keep, keep your weird. It's, it's the blue dot in Texas, but it is still in Texas. And you can't always predict what's happening. So there's that. And he is, you know, a man of Chinese descent with an accent. All that to be said, I think there's still something deep in our humanity. Just got to believe this. that we want to help people? And I think that was the ultimate kind of lesson for him that there were way more yeses than he thought was going to be available to him
1: for sure. And I don't think his intention was to write it as like at least at this point to write it as like here's a guide for everybody who wants to do this. No. So if he did kind of take that on, I would love to just even see I mean, you know, my god, we're we're looking at Sarah Everard or whatever, you know, her name is in London who did everything quote unquote right even though there's nothing to do right and was still, you know, murdered on her way home. So like it is really there is something to consider for other people just to be intersectional about it it's not it's different when a woman asks a woman for something when a man asks a woman for some, whatever you all get it you're a long-time loyal listeners who would you buy this book for and who would you never buy it for
0: hmm who would i never Probably. Oh God, this is a terrible joke. I can't even say it yet. Okay. I would buy it for anyone who's struggling with the idea of being rejected, who feels scared to ask the the perfectionists, the people who get hot and sweaty when they think they need to, are nervous about asking for things, which might be, you know, 95% of the population in America. Who might I never give it to? Someone I don't like. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Obama. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. He's had enough rejection.
0: Mm, I like a mama. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. Yeah. If you like a good story, if you, I cried a couple times in the book. If you are moved by people's willing to step into their fear and to see what happens. And yeah.
1: Yeah. It seems like a nice mixture of story and self-help and a little bit of science and like research-backed. Uh, Which is nice. That's a nice mix. Well, do you have a listener challenge or homework that you would like for Misty and I to try? I would love this. Okay, And you
0: know, just like he did, I'd love for you both to come up with something that scares you a little bit. Lisa, yeah. this might be a hard one for you. But, oh, I get scared very easily. <laughs> <laughs> spiders terrify me. Right? Uh, I feel like to be, give yourself a challenge to stretch yourself just a little bit when you're ready. Listen, girl, I know where you're at. So when you're ready to say, this scares me, I just want to see what happens if I
1: just ask and let yourself I can let think go. of lots of things. Yeah, I will let definitely. yourself
0: go of the outcome and just have the experience.
1: I will. And listeners, if you try, let us know how it goes. Email us, go podcast at gmail.com. You can comment on our Instagram posts about this episode. Let us know. And all of Deanna's socials and links will be in show notes. And oh, gosh, I'm just so grateful that you supported me in my time of just need. And I I, I love you. I'm so glad you're a friend that I Can count on and depend on. And just so some of you know, too, right after Zoe passed, Deanna said, how about a sunset drive in my uh, convertible, masks on? And she just let me not be in the driver's seat for a little bit. Deanna, that was so nice just to not have to be making decisions. And we just drove around with a top down. It was like a beautiful night. I was, it was really lovely. Well, you're pretty lovely, Lisa. Oh, Dee Dee. Okay. Well, with that, as we end every episode, life is
0: Is abundant. abundant.
1: Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linky. Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Sav. Inimitable. There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at Go Help Podcast on Instagram and at G H Y Podcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, please <laughs> subscribe, rate, and review because it helps.